Hey, Coffee Breakers. I'm AC. And I'm Scully. And we're taking a break with you all today to finish discussing um, the Murder on Murders, a Southern Scandal documentary that released on Netflix. We are going to be discussing the third and final episode um, of this tragedy that has uh, unfolded in the low country of South Carolina. If you don't know what I mean by low country, go back to part one. I explain it all to you guys. Um, so, Scully, what did you think of the third episode before we start diving in? I gotta fully remember what the third episode was. I don't remember. It's about sure. Stephen and Gloria, mainly. Oh, um, I think Stephen's case was just railroaded. I think he was just thrown off yeah. into the distance. Gloria, I don't know. Like, I have very mixed. Me too. Yeah. So, I typically like to think that I have a pretty gut, good gut. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hear stuff, I'm like, yeah. you know. So, That's shady or no. Yeah. I mean, I could be completely wrong, completely off. But I have, I have biased, yeah. you know. That's my issue with this. Yeah. Is I, given what we know about the Myrtles, specifically from the first two episodes yeah. and everything else that we it, have just learned yeah it kind of like it taints my opinion so right. i feel like it's it's not fair and unbiased gotcha i immediately go with not something skeevy like yeah now i'm with you 100 percent. so let's jump in let's tell them about the episode so um break out the notes break out the notes <laughs> and this one you know i usually have like 10 15 pages worth of notes on these episodes this one i have like four yeah so it wasn't extremely detailed but I think they gave the details that they could yeah um so the episode starts with the date flashing on the screen of July the 8th of 2015 and a 911 call mm-hmm. um the 911 call says that they were driving down the road and they saw a body laying in the road and they dispatched law enforcement it then cuts to Will Folks of Fitz News, who stated that when all the stuff started coming out from the Murdaws, like he received an anonymous tip to check into Stephen Smith's case. Yeah. And so he reaches out to the Highway Patrol, who was tasked with solving this case, and they got the um, report, and he reviews the report. And he said that it shows that Stephen Smith, who I believe was 19 years old, yeah, yeah, was found in the middle of the road with severe head trauma only. Yeah. And that his shoes were still on his feet, his cell phone was still in his pocket, not broken, and that somehow this had been ruled a hit and run. And in the state of South Carolina, the Highway Patrol is tasked with investigating all vehicular deaths. Okay. Yes. And I, that's what I was going to, I was looking it up while you were talking. Um, Peacock also has. Right. Which I have not watched, but Scully did. There's another documentary. Um, shout out to Hallie because she's the one that told me about it. Um, Alec is called Alex Murdaugh, Death, Deception, and Power. Mm-hmm. And it goes more into... Stevens and even the Gloria stuff, mm-hmm. but it talks about with his death, the stuff with the coroner, yeah, and how there was 
it was just automatically open shut. He was hit, but there was nothing. They even interview um, Michael Duncan, which was the retired, I guess he was South Carolina Patrol. Yeah. And he talks about how there wasn't anything in the road. Like, usually... There was no glass. There was no... there's an impact of some sort, there's right. some kind of debris. Right. There's no car parts. There's no, like, fender. There's glass, no... Glass, you would think, at minimum. At minimum. But, but there's nothing. There's nothing to indicate a car struck this person. Not even on the person. There's yeah. no glass embedded into these this wound. <sighs> and I remember one thing, and I can't remember if it was on this documentary or if it was on a podcast that I listened to um, but it said that like originally the highway patrol when they reported out thought it he was shot oh really yeah because it like massive head trauma <laughs> the officer on the the peacock one the peacock documentary he states that from get that that investigation was just shot. There was no chain of, you told me. Uh, chain of custody. Chain of custody for evidence. evidence. Yeah. He said he didn't even get to look at the vehicle when it was at the scene. It wasn't until it was later. Well, I want to throw this out there. The vehicle wasn't at the scene. It was about three miles down the road. I, I still say it's the scene. Well, it was yeah, still but, the but they moved it. Like but nobody preserved that as a, anything. He never got to go through it. Um, I think some of the theories was, oh, he must have ran out of gas. He did this or that, but he left his wallet in that car too. Right. And if I run out of gas, I'm taking my cell phone, my keys, and my my purse. Right. Which is the, you know. Yeah. So, I just I'm not buying that. I'm no. not buying that it's he got hit by a car, but only in his head. And then they show it on the documentary the way he's laying. He's laying directly in the middle of the road on y'all, the double yellow line. On the double yellow line, horizontal, not yeah. vertical. Yeah. Like you just. It almost like looks a, like he just crumpled yeah <clears throat> and that's the part i just don't get like i don't i yeah. mean i haven't seen a lot of hit and runs i've never seen one but it just that doesn't seem like it fits no it doesn't it it, it doesn't fit and because like we, we, you know anybody that basic physics you if you're get hit by something it, it tosses you yeah you know what I'm saying? Especially something going... Or it seemed like it would sprawl you. Like, if you got yeah. hit hard enough, you're just going to... Well, even the officers say, typically, they get knocked out of their shoes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah but it's the a hard self- enough hit. Yeah, the cell phone wasn't broken. Like, there's no indication that he was actually hit by a car. You don't get hit in the ca- by a car or a truck or anything to the face or to the head. I mean, you can, but there's going to be evidence of that there's going to be broken glass there's going to be only in your head though well i mean how how i wish you just have your head sticking down and the car comes by and hits you but even then that's going to be on your neck that's going to show this impact like there's no impact damage yeah is my point and another thing i keep referencing this one but they gave a lot more information for steven yeah go ahead he's talking the retired police chief is or not police chief retired uh highway patrol is talking and he just lets out, oh yeah, and they did a rape kit. Yeah, and said so that was not in the Netflix documentary. I, this no. is the first I've heard of the. And it, it, they just say it like that and yeah. they never go back to it. Right, so what's that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. And he even says that he was told to stand down, that they would get one chance at this family and just to stand down. So let me go into how this is related to okay, the Murdoch's. So. Fitz News saw that Must Buster, Paul's older brother, you hadn't heard a lot about him, um, was listed in the report through 
um, you know, when you start the investigation, you start talking to people. Like, what have you heard? Yeah, what word did of you mouth. see? Word of mouth. And yeah. all the rumors circulate around Buster. Yep. And essentially, Buster, the main rumor was, like, Buster and his friends were coming back from a softball game. Mm-hmm. And Stephen felt comfortable enough to call Buster because supposedly they had had a relationship. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. about that. We don't know about that. But Sam Cruz, the um, teacher that was interviewed, said that, you know, Stephen was highly intelligent, he was very smart, and he was like tutored Buster and, and oh, stuff like that. That was in the Netflix documentary. So tutored Buster and help him and that they had a relationship. Yeah. Whether that be a friendship or something else. I remember them else. saying that there was some teasing because Stephen was gay. Right. And Buster was supposed to be, like, super not. Yeah. So they were teasing him about right. hanging out with Stephen or something along those lines. I think that's in the Netflix one. I'm getting them crossed because I just watched the Peacock one. It's okay. Um, so, and so that's how the Murdals get into it. But it gets even more interesting because... The Smith family said that the second person after the coroner that called the dad mm-hmm. was Randy Murdaugh, who is an attorney out of the, the Murdaugh attorneys. It's Alex's brother. Yeah. And um, he called the father, called Stephen's father, who unfortunately has passed away. He passed away not long after Stephen. Um, called the father to say, hey, I, I want to take this case for free. Yeah. I, and I have so many questions. So first of all, how did you even know that this is happening? I understand small town. Yeah. But is it standard practice for like the, the coroner to go out and be like, oh, there's, you know, it's a hit and run. Let me go ahead and contact the law. Like, let me go ahead and call, contact the lawyer. No, because you don't even have a suspect. Like, that's what I'm saying. How do you even know it was a hit and run at that moment? You don't know. You don't know. You wouldn't know on the roadside. Right. You would have to do the, like an autopsy, right? Right. So, and what are you representing them for? Like wrongful death? I mean, because they did a lot of civil stuff and all that, but we don't know who did it. Like, so I don't get, I don't understand. I don't understand that phone call. I don't. And maybe somebody else knows better than me. I just don't understand why this attorney is calling this family whose child has just passed away Mm -hmm. offering free legal representation. Unless he knew something already. Yeah, maybe. Potentially. I have questions for Randy. Uh, Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. I have questions. Um, You were talking, though, about the word of mouth and stuff and how the Murdoch's came in is they kept, that name kept coming up. So the story would be a little different. A little different. Depending on who you talk to. But at the end of the story, it was always Murdaugh. Murdaugh, Murdaugh, Murdaugh. Everybody had that same, same core. Right. So it gives you pause to be like, okay. And one of the most frustrating things is Buster was never interviewed by law enforcement. Yeah. Never. So, and another thing, and I'm just going to shout this out. They interviewed um, Stephen's friend, um, Olivia, and 
she was talking about what kind of person Stephen was and that he just didn't care what anybody thought about him and he was his own person and, and all this good stuff. But while she's doing this, she is driving with her knee. That bothered you so and bad. It bothered me so bad. <laughs> um, so, Olivia, if you're listening, honey boo, 10 and 2. Yeah. 10 and 2. Okay, you made me nervous. Don't do that. Um, but also, Stephen Smith's mother... Um, hired a private eye who was also interviewed for this documentary and he said that um the highway patrol was the entity investigating and it was rumored that the people associated with the Murdoch name was going around being intimidating and telling people to like if you've heard anything shut up like you know wow yeah so i i don't know but they also interviewed molly Mallory and Connor um, for Stephen as well. So Morgan um, said that um, she had received a Facebook message from a girl stating that Paul could have possibly had been in on this, um, in on this with Stephen. And so she said that they were all at home one night um, eating dinner Miss Maggie, mm-hmm. Alex, Buster, and Paul. And she just asked them, like, why am I getting this message? Yeah. And they kind of laughed it off. And then they said, like, we wouldn't kill that. I will not repeat that word. Yeah. Um, but it is a slur. And um, which just rubbed me all kind of wrong. Yeah. Like, it just bothers me. But anyway. And that's all we know about Stephen. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Peacock goes more into it um, just as far as giving you a little more information, but it was it's like open and shut without ever really fully being... It's reopened now. Yeah. And so SLED came out and said that they were reopening Stephen's investigation um, due to something in relation to the double homicides. Yeah, so like, what'd they find? What did they find? I have no idea. Now, I did hear on one podcast that Miss Smith, the mother, say that um, she felt like they were just reopening it to eliminate them as suspects as the... Um, oh, eliminate the Murdaws now? No, eliminate the Smiths as suspects in Maggie and Paul's murders. I don't know if that's it. That don't make sense, though, because that's a separate thing. Right, but their names were so associated with it. Yeah, but it'd be like a new investigation. Right. So if they're opening the old one, that has to be for his death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just what I think. I think they have been burned so much that they just don't have faith. Well, I can understand that. That this will be solved. Yeah. Um, and because the information is just not out there, y'all, like Stephen has very few podcasts dedicated to him, like all that. I will be covering that at a later time. I've done a four-year request. Yeah, waiting on that. Waiting on that, but it's open. So I don't know how much information I'm going to get, but either way, I'm going to listen to all the podcasts, watch all the documentaries, and get all the information that I can. I just need some time to do it because yeah. I'm working on a, another case at the moment as well. So that takes us to February the 2nd of 2018 and Gloria Satterfield's case. Yes. Now, Gloria was their housekeeper 
was the Murdoch's housekeeper. That was the one that Paul considered his mom. Yeah, very close to yep. him. Yep. Um, and it opens. And the episode opens um, with a 911 call from Maggie. Now, originally, I listened to this on a podcast too, uh, the Murdoch Murders podcast. Um, and they separated it out, but in the Netflix documentary, it's spliced. But it's both Maggie and Paul talking to the 911 operator. Yeah. Stating that Gloria fell down the steps and that she was bleeding from the head and barely conscious. Yeah. Um, Valerie from the Wall Street Journal was interviewed for this as well. Um, and Netflix also talked to Scott, Ginger, and Eric, which was Gloria's siblings. Okay. Um, they said, the siblings said, that Gloria wasn't responsive the whole time she was in the hospital. So she didn't actually die until like the 23rd. Yeah, the Peacock one talks about she spent 24 days in the hospital and she never was able to make a statement. Right. But according to Alex's dis- disposition, not disposition, deposition, deposition, <laughs> he was able to speak to her before he left the property and she indicated that she fell from the stairs. This They play the recording in the documentary of him really? speaking, yeah. And he um, he says this to them, but Alex, it co- turns out that Alex was never there. Yeah. Because the landscaper, Ronnie Freeman, who um, was there... Said he was never there. Even when EMS left, he Alex was not at the home. Hmm. So, this Morgan tells a story about Alex being really bad on opioids, drugs at the time, and that Paul was very, very upset about this. Like, mm-hmm. he did not like his dad doing these drugs. And, like, Gloria had found some drugs when she was cleaning the house, like taped to under the bed or mattress or whatever. And she had told Paul about this. And then shortly after is when she fell down the stairs. Yeah. So it looks a little wonky. Yeah. Um, so there was rumors going around that Maggie pushed her down the stairs, that Paul pushed her down the stairs, but Anthony um, Paul's friend was adamant that Paul would never have hurt Gloria. He, he loved Gloria. Yeah. Um, Morgan actually heard Alex tell Paul and um, that he was going to sue himself so that Gloria's kids could get the money. Mm-hmm. And Morgan said that Paul was so proud of his dad for that. So, so very proud. Um, so sad. Yeah. So... Um, oh, also, it was June the 22nd, 2021, that the news report, uh, Sled gave a press release saying that they were opening the Stephen Smith investigation. Um, and that's all we know about Gloria, except for there was some wonkiness with her, um, she was never autopsies. It was never reported to the coroner. The on the um, well, the coroner um, ruled 
ruled her death natural, natural causes. Right. Yeah. But, versus accidental. Yeah. And now we do know that this is not in the document. Well, yeah, it is in the documentary. Um, the attorneys that are representing the Satterfields now mm-hmm. um, stated that there was a, a release in the paper stating that they had gotten yeah. some like, yeah, $500,000. That's how they found out about it. Right. It was in the newspaper, and they were like, what now? Well, I didn't get any money. You get any money? <laughs> right. Um, and so they retained other lawyers. I cannot, uh, Bland is the name of one. I can't I remember. remember who they got. But, um, so Alex ended up getting a settlement of $4.3 million mm-hmm. for, never for Gloria's death and ended up embezzling all of that money. Yeah. And it goes into <laughs> detail for that in the Peacock one because the way there was it was not just him there was other people involved in that that oh, fully yeah. facilitated it fully were yeah compliant or complicit mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. it and even those that engaged yeah. to like make sure i think they all got a little cut honestly oh honestly yeah you're not helping somebody just steal Goodness 4. Of your heart, yeah. 3 million dollars and it was millions i mean that would it's not his only victim it's just the only victim that's been highly pl- pl- um a lot yeah. of pl- I'm having a bad day, y'all. Publicity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. I just, it's so. Yeah, because I told you about the other case that I heard, listened to. Mm-hmm. His last name was Pinkney. He stole millions from that family, and he was deaf and quadriplegic. Yeah. And I just. Yeah. It. It trips me out that you can just. Tell this family to do this thing. So they think, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, well, you're yeah. gonna, you're, you're looking out for us, yeah, and then fully convince them to, hey, just have this guy handle it, so you don't have to worry about. Like I can just, I can hear that voice of his telling them, you know, mm-hmm. like you shouldn't have to stress about this. You just, yeah. you <laughs> let us do this, all the work. This, whoever it was, will handle it for you, and you, he'll be your representative, and you can just get the check when it comes in, and then mm-hmm. fully took it. All of it. Yeah. They didn't even, like, they had. They didn't give them anything. They didn't give them the $50,000 or the $500,000 or whatever. Zero, zero, zero. So then it, then the um, documentary goes into the the law firm. had found out about Mm -hmm. Alex's embezzlement and money laundering and stuff like that. And so they forced him to resign. Then on September the 4th, 2021, <clears throat> I'm not exactly sure what. I don't know what that was. I don't know what this was. But they play a, a 911 call that Alex was shot Yeah. Uh, and plays the 911 calls. And here's the thing about these 911 calls. He sounds fine. Like, he's like, yeah, I, I pulled over on the side of the road. and To change a tire, but there was nothing wrong with the car. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with the car, but I pulled over to change the tire, and then somebody pulled up to help me, and they shot at me. Mm-hmm. And he, his voice didn't even go up. Like, he was like, and they, they shot at me. And it's not like the like you're going into shock. It's not no, like. It's just a normal conversation. He's just like, I'm bleeding a lot. Yeah, he's, she's like, well, where did you get shot? And he's like, I don't know, somewhere on my head. And I'm yeah. just like... Yeah, it's way too just... I don't know if he was high, y'all, at this time, but he's way too chill. Yeah. For somebody who just got, like, shot in the head, he's way too chill. And um, it's my understanding, just the timeline, um, I think the day... Let me see. It was the day before... 
Thor, right? Yes, but I think that Connor's family had just uh, filed their lawsuit for trying to frame him. Trying to frame him. Yeah. And then that was, I think it was right after that, or let's see it. Yeah. Um, this attempt happened. This. I don't know what it is. It. it was right after he was fixing to get kicked out. Like he was being found out. Oh, yeah. He had already been kicked out. So it was like been, the day after. Okay. So he got kicked out of there. Connor had filed his thing. It was just like bam, bam. And then I think he was just desperate and trying to come up with something. Yeah. So, but it, none of this made sense. It didn't. So his attorneys go on television was like, Alex was in a bad place. Yeah. And he decided that he was going to hire somebody to kill him. Mm-hmm. But the guy that they went and arrested, Curtis Eddie Smith, or mm-hmm. cousin Kurt, cousin Eddie. Yep. Um, they also tried to place at the scene during the double murders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is the one that he supposedly paid to kill him, but the, the cousin Eddie denies it. And I, I believe cousin Eddie. I don't think he paid him to kill him. No. I don't. They kept saying cousin <laughs> was a drug dealer. He is a drug dealer. You could tell he's a drug dealer. He's he a low-level drug dealer, right. but he's a drug dealer. I don't even know. Because <laughs> when you hear Cousin Eddie talk... Y'all, it's not funny. None of this is funny, but on this um, episode, they cut to Cousin Eddie, and he's giving a, like, a news, mm-hmm. like he's talking to a reporter, and the attorney... They asked him, was like, did you, you know, try to kill Alex Murdoch? And the attorney was like, go ahead, tell him. And yeah. he's like, if I'd shot him, he'd be dead. Yeah, he's alive, ain't he? Yeah. If I'd have done it, he'd be dead. And it was like, holy crap, okay. Okay, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I just don't think, I, I, I believe Eddie on that. I, don't I do. I think he's this massive drug dealer, kingpin type thing. He's not a kingpin. But well, I think that's how Alex was trying to make it out. I know. He was being targeted and. So, Valerie brings up a more credible theory. Uh, that's the the Wall Street Journal lady. Is like the idea that we all kind of came up from this. <laughs> and I think that this, too, is like Alex was trying to coax Eddie to come out and engage in some kind of altercation. So, it looks like he had to defend himself and kill Eddie. And somehow... That would take care, in, in his mind, in Alex's mind, take care of... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised the if double the weapons murder. that were pulled out of the home weren't stashed at Eddie's house. Right. And then he tried to lure Eddie out to kill Eddie so that when they went to go to Eddie's house, they'd find all this stuff that he had put there. Like Right. So, yeah, I could fully see that. Yeah. that And I kind of, because none of this makes sense. Because mm-hmm. the attorney goes, well, he just want his last living son... To get $10 million life insurance. And his attorney even on air, on live TV, yeah. confirms all of the theft. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, he did all of that. But he was just... His opioids, man. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, so we ain't even going to try. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. At least you own that. <laughs> like, you did rob for millions. Yeah, millions. From people who are way disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they come to you because they had gone through something horrendous. Like, mm-hmm. nobody goes to... A personal injury lawyer, unless they have some I type hate his of voice too. Oh yeah, because I feel like it's very in a situation where you're talking to him, you're going through this trauma, like of losing your mom mm-hmm. or Gloria, and he's like, you know, son, you know, son yeah. is here, and I, I got you. We're here for you. Like it just, it's very manipulative. Yeah. So this one dude, and I didn't catch his name, 
But he said that he had got a report that the Murdoch's, um, well, the sled was at the Murdoch Moselle, and that they were looking for evidence or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is the dude that that flew the drone over. Oh yeah. And he saw what eight guns be yeah. yeah eight guns be removed from the home by John Marvin and Buster, and we don't know like the guns that. Maggie and Paul were murdered with have never been found. So we don't know if... I'm, I'm sure. I think they were taken out. I, I'm curious now. Are they Eddie? Yeah, hey, law enforcement. Hey, shh, shh. if you hear this, if you're listening... Did y'all check Eddie? Did y'all check Eddie's? And can y'all let us know? Because <laughs> I want to know if the guns were found there. <laughs> There's no telling where he stashed those guns. Yeah. So... Angela Topper, who was the coroner in 2018, is the one that was reviewing those records and saw that uh, Gloria was it was ruled natural and that no autopsy had been done. And um, they actually, she called SLED for help, yeah. and they reopened that investigation. Um, so, yeah, Eric Bland and Ronnie Richard are the, Richard, are the Satterfield's attorney, and they actually reached out... Um, to sled in the FBI to start doing the, the financial autopsy for, yeah, yeah. So. Did the law firm put him up for any kind of charges, or they just kick him out? Was they it, kicked him out. They so, can't put him up for any charges. Why? Well, they they're not. I mean, but you they didn't report it. Is what I'm uh, saying. Oh, I don't know if they reported it or not. The way I remember correctly now, in the documentary they almost make it out like Gloria was the beginning. No, he wasn't the beginning, but she was the genesis of him being found out for financial crimes. That's what I meant. Yeah. Like, she was the start of, like, wait a minute. Something right. Like, he he took $4.3 million from this family. Yep. What else has he done? Yep. That's crazy. I'm really, like, I think I have a, that's my theory now. What? What's your theory? That he lured Curtis out there. Oh, yeah, that's my theory. To case. kill him. Mm-hmm. Curtis has all the weapons or, some, or somewhere. There's yeah. somewhere within... Some something of his, something he owns, something, <laughs> and his whole plan was to do that mm-hmm. and then make him out to be this big giant drug dealer that he owed all this money to, yeah, and that he was pressuring him and he didn't get money to him in time, um, so he was just gonna kill himself before he killed Buster. That's my theory now. Hey, Sled, you hear that? <laughs> That's my theory. I'm going with it. Check into it. Let us know. It makes sense. Coffee Break and Chill 2024 at gmail.com. Let us know. We want to know. I mean, it does. That makes sense. Like, it makes more sense that he was going to hire somebody to commit suicide. That man ain't going to commit suicide. That man is too vain to commit suicide. Yeah, he ain't going to commit suicide. And I'm not saying that he probably didn't feel a lot of pressure at that point. Yeah. And probably felt very desperate. But I think it was a way to get out of things because that's what he's always done. Correct. And I would believe that if at the end of this documentary, he's like, this Netflix reached out. Oh, yeah. And it's like, what? Yes. So, and th- th- I want to go into that. So, Netflix plays a po- portion of these 911 calls. Not 911 calls. The jailhouse calls. The jailhouse calls mm-hmm. to Buster. And he actually brings up Gloria Satterfield and Stephen Smith. Now, he's absolutely annoyed that these cases are still linked up to the name or, mm-hmm. or innuendo is what he calls it. I don't know. I can't say that Buster Murdaugh murdered Stephen Smith. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't 
I know Stephen Smith was murdered either by a vehicle or by another object. He was murdered. And I do believe that his case absolutely deserves to be solved. Mm -hmm. And I think Gloria's death needs to be reevaluated, reinvestigated, just because everything else is super shady. Now, do I think Alex couldn't have killed her? Because he was not there. I don't think hers was. I think I. Yeah. I think hers was all financial. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it was like jumping on the circumstances, which he did a lot. Yeah, and it was like, oh heck yes. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get paid. Mm -hmm. But he he had recently taken out that property insurance too, which like six months before. So. I don't know. It's all just icky. That's how I feel covering these cases. Icky. Yeah, this... Because it's so seeped in corruption and complicity. And I guess that's why it taints everything. So, like, yeah. you automatically, no matter if it was, like, picking flowers, I'd be like, why? Why are you picking them? What you got underneath those flowers? Right. Like, their body. Like, I would go... <laughs> why are they so pretty? Right. <laughs> what you got them fertilized with? <laughs> right. I would go straight to just... Uh, it's something bad. Like, something. you're not just doing that to do that. Right. But... And I especially... That's just from this stuff. Yeah. Well... That, especially for me, was the, the trial, the ending of the trial when he gave his speech, when he was sentenced. Like, anything, anything that man says from now on, I'm just, I hear evil. And in that documentary, he talks about, he's, he's waiting for trial. This is before he's adjudicated. Like, or convicted. Convicted, sorry. <laughs> he's waiting for that, and he's, he's sitting there, and he's talking to Buster about... Oh, um, I've won some soup packets today. Oh, no, no, no. Betting on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or, like, not Super Bowl, but football games. Yeah. And he got 9 out of 11. That's pretty good. Talking about he won all this. And if I'm sitting there in jail. Waiting, For killing my wife and son. We ain't going to be betting. No. I ain't talking to you. I ain't going to be, especially if I'm innocent. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just going to be beyond myself sick. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, the other day, that man truly, truly thought. He was getting out. He was walking away from this. Yeah, he really did. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a part of him that still thinks oh, he's absolutely. walking away. He hasn't exhausted his appeals, so no. he, he definitely is still riding that line. And I'm going to say this again, Mr. Harpootlin. It ain't normal. It ain't normal for what happened with Paul, the way that he got treated for that. It's not normal for them not to have to go to jail and be processed for at least be processed in the jailhouse like nobody brings fingerprint kits and takes pictures on iphones and polo shirts and button down shirts and come on now like you know better than that yeah um and if you want more stuff especially for the gloria it it talks about Stephen, but gloria it really goes into how they stole that money from that family in that peacock documentary like oh, yeah. it goes into him it just all the corrupt and all the different hands and it tells you and it that one I found really really interesting just because it was just so surprising and I'm probably gonna oh I'm gonna have to watch it for Stephen information but again give me a few weeks and we're gonna cover Stephen's case because he deserves for this case to be solved like this is ridiculous yeah um so also I have a sobering statistic for you guys so I was looking online the other day about unsolved murders in the United States, just trying to get it estimated. Mm -hmm. One website I pulled up, and I want to say, I cannot remember the name of the website I pulled up, so I'll have to verify. 
600,000 unsolved murders in the United States. I believe that. With an estimated 6,000 being added to that every year. You down for it, Scully? <laughs> That's your forte. <laughs> <laughs> you down to hear me talk about it? Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's just, that's so disturbing. That's over a half a million people. I just can't. I, I, I've i been telling you this. Somebody knows. Like, yeah. there's no possible way. I just, I don't know. Somebody knows and y'all need to tell it. Yeah, man. Y'all need to tell it. It's ridiculous. Um. So, join us back here on Friday... Yeah. We're going to do a free-for-all Friday, y'all. The first ever free-for-all Friday. Yeah, y'all just going to get some craziness. <laughs> but that's okay. You'll enjoy it, I promise. Yes. Um, so, while um, as we're wrapping up, I want to throw out, um, of course, do all my calls to actions. Mm-hmm. Um, like us, review us. We're on Apple Podcasts. I you can like us and review us on Apple Pods, wherever you listen to us at. But Google, Amazon Music. Alexa, you can, hey, if you've got an Alexa, you can just, it'll pull up. Yes, I um, did it. Yeah. <laughs> take a coffee break and chill. Just put Alexa, play Take a Coffee Break and Chill podcast. Yes. And she'll pull it up. And yeah. she'll pull it up for you and you get to hear us. And that was so amazing. I geeked out. Oh, hey, Australia. I know. Yeah. So happy to have you along and taking a coffee break with us. Um, let's see. What else? I'm going to say the upcoming stuff. So yeah. next week will be the Don't Pick Up the Phone documentary off Netflix. I'm not doing that one. I am taking over that one because that one just, ugh, I don't even know. I'm very excited. I've got to get that put together. Um, I'm excited to hopefully get some feedback from you guys because that one's so bizarre. Oh, yeah. Y'all can leave us voice messages on Spotify. Yes. And you can always email us, coffeebreakandchill2024 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. And those two of you that have reached out to us on Facebook, even if it's like comments or whatever, thank you. Love it. I geek out every time. Yes. I am screenshotting it and sending it to Scully and just, you know, geeking out. So you make my day. And I really, really appreciate it. Um. And we're just excited for um, all the stuff coming up, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. We really are. So I have a missing persons case that I've been working on for a while. I've mm-hmm. had a couple documents come through, nothing major, but it's still an open case. Okay, so, so you're going to be limited anyway. I'm going to be limited anyway, but I'm running with it, and I will have that ready um, after Don't Pick Up the Phone. I know. So excited. So our free-for-all Fridays will yes. drop Friday this and uh, feel free to share it with your friends, y'all. Reach out yeah. to us. We're on Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter, the all of it. All of it's the the whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we've got two two face videos. I know I talked to one of our Fridays, but I was going to delete it, but yeah. I actually did another one. Yeah. But I am going to do my doppelganger for the next one, I do believe. So uh, yeah, me too. I'm going to put we that We got some in. surprises for you guys. Yeah. Um, some, <laughs> some, com- some comedy coming to you. Yes. Um, throwing out our... Um, companies that we really appreciate and who give us a lot of support um by support i mean encouragement yeah. <laughs> and love on our facebook page it's violet and ivy boutique check them out they got new spring styles and sales and yeah, she showed me a shirt that says for oh peeps or oh, for oh oh 
For Peep's sake. Yes. With and it is peeps. so stinking cute. Go get it for Easter, y'all. It's so cute. And um, Dirty Little Soaps Company. We love your soaps. They make yep. our hands feel great. Like, we are... Use it daily. Use it daily. <laughs> love it. Gonna order some more. Um, anything else, Scully? Um, no. Nothing I can think of. Okay. Well, until next time... Take care of yourself and don't forget to take a break. Bye. Bye.